Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. You know, I always try to start the show out with a quote. And uh, it's one I, one I ran across maybe two or three weeks ago, and I kind of stored it away. And I was looking forward to my conversation with Adele Lyons today. We'll bring her in just a second. But the quote is pretty simple, and it's a great reminder, actually, of what we should do if we really, really, really care about our local economy. And it's very short and sweet, but it's also very powerful. And here's what it says. It takes you to start the trend. Shop small, shop local, eat local, spend local, enjoy local. I can't can't say that any more clear. Let me read it again. It takes you, you listening to this now, to start the trend. Shop small, shop local, eat local, excuse me, spend local, enjoy local. The, uh, the local economy is based on, in, lo- in a large part, actually, by small business, people who have inv- invested the ranch to be successful. And it's up to the local chambers of commerce all across coastal Mississippi to continue to support the, the local businesses that make our economy tick. And um, just a good reminder. So I think sometimes we get away from that. Let me uh, bring my friend Adele, the CEO of the Gulf Coast, Bus- uh, the Gulf Coast Chamber, and and and, uh, and welcome her back to Coastview. How you doing? Happy New Year to you, Adele. Happy New Year, Ricky. Good to see you. Yeah, I was about to choke to death. I don't know what happened there. Uh-huh. The don't do that. <laughs> but uh, no, everything's fine. So uh, yeah, Happy New Year to you. I know it's been a, a, a really really challenging last couple of years, but that that quote at the beginning of the show is powerful and it's important, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Mostly shop local gets talked about a lot during the holidays when people do tend to shop um, more than they would throughout the year. But it's important to do it all year long. You know, when you're looking for um, Mardi Gras gowns, when you're looking for, um, you know, just it's prom time, it's, uh, you know, Easter rolls around, just groceries. You know, sometimes people say, oh, I wish we had a Whole Foods and they maybe drive over and do some shopping there. You know, for the most part, you could find what you're looking for on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I mean, occasionally you got to look out and we get that. We understand that. But if people could really just shop in the local area, spend their money locally, it makes the world a difference. That's where we have jobs that are created, tax base. Um, You know, one of the quotes that I always love, one of the little nuggets of information is, Remember who you go to when it's time for your kid's baseball team raffle or, you know, some fundraiser. We look to the local folks. Um, You generally aren't going to get a donation from a big box store, but it's those local folks who we go to over and over and over again and support our community. So let's support them. Well, you and I have a lot to talk about today. We'll come back to this in a second. Of course, the One Coast Awards is is barreling forward. I'm amazed we're almost to the end of January. I mean, really, truly amazing that we're (laughs) speeding through 2022 just like we did 2020 and 2021. 
you got the annual meeting coming up on February 1st. We'll talk a little bit about what's planned for that, and there are other activities that are happening as well. But let's take a look back for just a second. You know, you and I spent a lot of time together over the last couple of years. I had been in this role at Coastview for just, I don't know, three months as the uh, pandemic was coming on us, and we really there were so many unknowns and so much confusion and so much kind of learn as we go kind of deal. So we, sh we shared a lot of you know, how we were approaching this. I, I was really always incredibly aware and appreciative, actually, of the role the chamber played and, and sort of as this liaison. And whether you were a member or not, it didn't really matter. It, it, at the end of the day, you guys were a clearinghouse for a lot of information for small businesses on federal programs and so many other things that they faced. And uh, I was always incredibly appreciative of the role that you guys played. But, And then as 2022 came along, we had a good feeling about how to – we never had a good feeling. Let me take that back. But we had a good sense of how to sort of operate in the, in the pandemic, how to keep people safe, or at least to the extent that we, that we know how to keep people safe. And the Chamber played a role in continuing to communicate that. You did a lot of uh, you did a lot of remote meetings, and then you had you know I was at the first annual meeting back after since the pandemic started. That was an amazing event, but twenty twenty two was different than twenty twenty one. But here we are once again, um, we're at a at a peak of Omicron, and hopefully we'll see this thing uh, you know start to dwindle fast. But still, still a lot of unknowns. As you look back on twenty twenty one, what stands out to you? Well, the fact that I know, like speaking for the chamber, and then I guess speaking for everybody else, that we really crammed about a, a year's worth of events and uh, personal contact activities into about you know what about five or six months. Um, for us at the chamber, it's really about networking and connections. And while you can certainly do that virtually, there is nothing like a real handshake or looking somebody in the eye and either making a new acquaintance or seeing an old friend or, and, and from a business standpoint, that's how you do business. Um, so that was really hard, but when, when things opened up and we tried to have things and events and activities and programs, it was one on top of the other. And that's, tiring it's really tiring and it's really hard not on not only on us as a group trying to implement and you know logistically put on those programs uh, but for the people attending them and everybody wanted to come they just wanted to be together I mean, you talked about the annual meeting that was last may which we would normally do that in february and we were you know we just felt like we had to have that event people wanted to be together and wanted to make those connections um, so, you know, the compression of time, I mean, you're talking about time moving pretty quickly. Um, in some ways, it moved really slow when you were uh, maybe home or quarantined or, you know, not having in-person events, but it really moved fast once things opened up and the train was moving and we just had to hang on and, and hope we were still on the train and hopefully driving it a little bit. You know, Ashley and I talked uh, last week and one of the things that we talked about was the incredible stress on businesses today around manpower you know that that with omicron and people calling in sick and having to quarantine and all the issues that they're facing as it relates to that what's your sense of how that's going and what and what the stress level is currently 
think it's still there. It's really tough for folks. Um, you're seeing some different restaurants that are maybe closing on some different days, closing early, not offering dinner, uh, maybe not offering lunch, just depending on when they can get folks into work. It's still very stressful. I think people have been pretty pretty kind or tried to be very kind and patient, but sometimes it, it does wear thin. Um, but we're still seeing people that are always constantly help wanted signs, now hiring, looking for folks. And people just don't even know where to turn. I think recently you, you would have seen Ingle Shipbuilding just did a ribbon cutting at Edgewater Mall for a, for a job, um, you know, a, a job hub location that they've opened there. They're trying to, you know, not just be in Pascagoula, not just people have on, you know, apply online. They're looking for so many people. They went retail, which that's something you would have never really seen from somebody like Ingle Shipbuilding. But they're got, trying to go where the people are so they can find um, employees. It's, a, it's truly remarkable the, the type of innovation that people are willing to sort of do, change the way they do business. And as we as we talked, as Ashley and I talked as well, and it's kind of been a theme from the very beginning, is that way businesses did business before will probably never be back there again. Restaurants will forever probably do business in a different way. There'll be a lot where they can't where there can be remote work. They'll continue to have some aspect of remote work to what they're doing. Um, to what extent do you guys talk about this whole notion of remote work? Um, you know, a pretty good bit. We we like most people have had to uh, here at the chamber ourselves have had to uh, go to some type of hybrid. Um, you know, when people have to be quarantined, but they still feel okay, and especially with this most recent variant. It's pretty mild for most folks, so they can work, but we just, you know, they don't, we don't want them in the office. Most businesses don't want their folks there, you know, just because you may spread things and uh, spread and the COVID. And um, so we're, but it's hard to work remotely when you're really team oriented, like we are here at the chamber. We all work together um, on our big events. People work independently on their smaller events and activities. So you really rely on that team effort. And again, you can be on the phone talking about things, but some of it is physical um, where you need help with uh, printing or, or you know, different th aspects like that of an event. And so we need people in-house. And I think we work best together as a team. You know, I had so quarantine for a little bit recently and I just, I, I don't like it at all. It's too quiet. Um, I like being around people. I like being with my team because, um, you know, they're, they're what makes the work work. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear that completely. You're actually located at the Knight Center. When we come back, I want to talk about sort of what do you hear? What do you hear from your other nonprofit brethren that are in that building? about sure. their current experience as it relates to Omicron. And then we'll shift gears and move away from the pandemic and talk about other chamber news. Here we go. After We'll, we'll be back after this break with, with Adele Lyons, the CEO of the Coast Chamber. See you after this. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Adele Lyons from the Coast Chamber with us, and we're just talking about uh, you know the, the news at the Chamber these days. When we went to break, though, we were talking about the pandemic, and I was actually curious about uh, her nonprofit brethren there at the Knight Nonprofit Center. But in case you don't know what the Knight Nonprofit Center is, it's one of the great outcomes from from uh, from Hurricane Katrina. Uh, Adele, why don't you talk a little bit more about that Knight Center before we talk about who what, you know what you might hear there these days? Sure. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. It's a little full circle for me to have been involved from the standpoint of the Knight Foundation. Um, so after Katrina, so many nonprofits, uh, you know, the chamber, for example, lost every office that we had. And so the facility on Seaway Road was the Grand Casino's corporate office. And there had been the sale and the merger with Harris. And so the corporate office space wasn't necessary any longer. And, you know, the Grand and Harris were very community minded. So they had a lot of folks on nonprofit boards and just organically, they would say, somebody would say, hey, y'all need a, a table, you need a little space, we've got some, come over to the building. And people just started kind of moving in, almost kind of squatting a little bit. <laughs> and, um, and then we found just more and more nonprofits were just desperately looking for space and meeting space because there was so many gatherings in the community to try for that revival, that renaissance, that rebuild of the community. And you had to have a place um, to meet, to have those discussions. And it just sort of organically grew. And then when I was with the Knight Foundation, we looked at some other uh, communities, particularly Charlotte, North Carolina, had a nonprofit center that was all focused on children-related nonprofits. And we had a group from the coast went and visited and said, we need this on the coast. Paris agreed uh, to the sale. Um, the nonprofits, four of us, put in our insurance proceeds and other grant monies that have been raised. So that's the United Way, the Chamber, the Business Council, and the Gulf Coast Community Foundation all came together, pooled our money, and were able to purchase and renovate the facility so that we have shared meeting space, some really large space, some smaller, more intimate uh, board-type spaces, um, you know, and then everybody comes together, and it's just, um, you know, you can walk up and down the hall and do business with 70 people. I mean, I mentioned those owners, but, you know, now we have Gulf Coast Symphony, Goodwill, the Boys and Girls Club, um, you know, just a, a whole a whole host of people that are here. I think it's around 25 or so nonprofits that are located here in the facility. Um, and it's just really a great way for folks to come together and also keep costs down for nonprofits so that their money that we raise or the money that we generate in the community, we can back, back directly into programs instead of so much into administration because all the utilities are included, Wi-Fi, you know, just a lot of things um, are included in the facility. And it, it makes, I don't have to worry about uh, getting the carpets cleaned. I can worry about my chamber work. And it really gives a focus uh, to those nonprofits. We had, <clears throat> we were incredibly honored to be a Knight community and had the pleasure of being the chairman of the local Knight 
effort because we, the Sun Herald was the Knight community, Knight Ritter, the original communities of the Knight Brothers, uh, or how we had access to the Knight Foundation. You know, it was interesting because so many of us who were involved in this, you mentioned Charlotte and uh, Anthony Tapazzi, God rest his soul, had an experience somewhere where he kind of understood what that shared space could look like. And then, you know, George Schlegel had seen it somewhere along the way. But it, we all had our collective experience on that. But I personally had an opportunity to sort of see something like it, not exactly like it. I don't, I don't know if anyone did what we did in the way that we did it exactly. But what was, uh, what was interesting is after Katrina, I had an opportunity to visit the Robert Woods Johnson Foundation in Princeton. This, this is something that Alberto set up, and I spent the day with them, and they did a focus on coastal Mississippi while I was there. And it was interesting because the foundation, the, the Robert Woods Johnson Foundation, had half of this amazing building. And then uh, the other half, there were some nonprofits or whatever, but there was this huge community space that they shared. And it was, man, it was just, it was grand and it was amazing. And it was just like a huge public space that they had important meetings involving the community and whatever. And, you know, again, it was not exactly this, but it was this whole notion of shared space in in a community place where nonprofits could go to meet with the community such such as the space that you guys have there that it was the that's what crystallized it in my mind and it was it was great to watch this come together and create this incredible place and uh, boy it has been really beneficial i mean the, the sh- one of the things that we hope would happen and you've seen it because you left the knight foundation you went to work for habitat for humanity and eventually came to the chamber that's the point about being full circle in a way working out of the knight nonprofit center which you were principally important to help form but what's cool about it is that one of the things we hoped that would happen is that the nonprofits just if you go you know down the hallway and bump into someone there would be a lot of informal sharing a lot of informal conversation whatever the challenge might be we'd be in one place the other thing the benefit is the board members often are board members for multiple organizations and instead of having to go from one place to the next they could go to actually meet there and possibly leave one meeting and go to another meeting and never have to leave the building you know all those things were important but as it relates to the pandemic i bet you guys do a lot of sharing as it relates to that i mean that's that one benefit probably has played out hasn't it Absolutely. Uh, you know, even you look back at the pandemic, even, uh, you know, during the oil spill, when there are various programs, when there's some type of crisis and nonprofits are generally always going to be involved in helping solve that, that crisis or at least ease that crisis in the community, uh, you'll see that everybody's got a little bit diff- different piece of the pie. So we may have small business grants where United Way may have uh, access to, you know, food or, uh, you know, Open Doors Homeless Coalition is here. I mean, right now we get for the chamber a lot of calls from people looking for rental assistance and we know where to send them. We know, you know, people walk in a building, we know that Open Doors Homeless Coalition um, is working on that effort. So we can sort of tag team and not have to turn anybody away, just turn them in a different direction to the agency that could best suit their needs. So really works out well. And then you've got some that really kind of cross over several different ways um, in the community. You know, Goodwill um, has their training programs. And, and so we always have people looking for jobs. That's an option a lot of people don't think about is, you know, is there, are there jobs and that might work for me that I need some on the job training that Goodwill offers that. 
Yeah, so 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 important. So as it relates to Omicron, have they seen have they have you seen Omicron in the building? Uh yeah, oh absolutely. Um, you know, people who are working from home, of course, likely with that less uh, that shorter period of time that you have to quarantine, um, it was very obvious during Delta when people were having to be home for longer periods of time, you would say, you know, where's so-and-so? Gosh, I hadn't seen him in days um, up and down the hall that you would normally see. And and now, of course, it's less. But yeah, it's it's all over the place. It's everywhere. The good thing is it seems to be moving fast. So hopefully we can be like some other, you know, countries where, you know, they South Africa, where it started, it's over and done with there. Yeah, and hopefully yeah. we can follow that pattern. Yeah, I saw where they were sending, the government sending out a bunch of tests and free N95 masks. It seems late to me. <laughs> it's, it's late. I think we're going to peak out before those things even arrive. You're but probably right, but, you know, um, it's, it's better to have them and hang on to them and might need them some other time. Yeah, I, I hear you there for sure. But as, as Dr. Conger has said all, all many times on the show, and I've shared this, that you know, that's he's an infectious disease doctor. This is what he does. He says that with each variant, it should become more contagious and less deadly. And certainly this is the experience with Omicron. COVID-19 has thrown a few little loops at us from time to time. So hopefully we don't have to deal with the unexpected going forward and that Omicron will peak rapidly. And as uh, as we continue to say on the show, we can get back to our economic normal, whatever that is. We've, we've actually done a good job, don't you think, of actually continuing to operate within the realm of Omicron? I think absolutely. And what I've heard from people is, you know, Yes, you're probably going to get it. Please still be careful. While it's mild for most folks, it's not for everybody. But it's kind of time to get back to to life, to life as we know it. And that's where, you know, people are still, they're getting those five days over with pretty quickly and getting back to it. Okay, so we're going to, we'll start this part of the conversation and then we'll finish it on the other side. But the One Coast Awards are so important and and I, I often say about them is that it's an opportunity to hold the winners certainly it's recognition for the winner but it's but it's more important actually to hold them up as an example so that others can understand what it what is it they did to win the one coast awards and and can i aspire to do what they have done and i i love the whole notion of holding them up, up as an example but cal's given us sort of the the signal that we're getting to the end of this segment so what we'll do when we come back we'll talk about the one coast awards talk about why they're important uh you've got uh you've got some key deadlines coming up here pretty soon and we really want to push for nominations and we want to hear about those people that maybe no one even knows about that are doing incredible things and uh and they don't really look for recognition but they'll get the recognition even if they're not looking for it but more important, they're going to be a good example for others. And that's what we really want to push hard on the on, on One Coast Awards about. So when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Adele Lyons from the Coast Chamber. And we'll talk about the One Coast Awards. We'll see you after this. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have Adele Lyons, CEO of the Coast Chamber. And uh, before we went to break, we, we mentioned the One Coast Awards that are coming up and why they're important and how we really want to leave no stone unturned looking for people who would qualify for the two major categories. So why don't we do this, Adele? Why don't you kind of frame it all up for us, and then we'll talk about some of the key deadlines, and then we'll maybe talk about some of the some excellent examples from last year's recipients that, uh, that you know, t- just to give people a sense of what we're looking for there. Yeah, well, of course, you could tell this as easy as I could because, you know, this all started with the Sun-Herald and their community leader awards for the top 10 under 40 and the top 10 community leaders. And then, um, you know, at some point, the Chambers got involved and took that over from the Sun-Herald and uh, the Mississippi Gulf Coast Chamber, the Hancock County Chamber, Jackson County Chamber, and Ocean Springs Chambers of Commerce all worked together to put this event on. And the idea is still the same. Let's recognize and like you said, kind of hold up uh, for recognition and uh, to honor those folks who do give back to the community just every day and have for years. And kind of the cool thing about doing the under 40 is these are young folks that are involved that a lot of uh, kind of more mature leaders in the community may not know as of yet. Um, And then you'll see those under 40 move on and years later, they're also gonna get the top uh, community leader awards. So they've stayed involved in the community. So we opened up the nomination forms on um, January 18th, just a few days ago. And we have till February 14th to turn that nomination in. Now, what that is, is you just, it's give us your name, give us the contact person, uh, contact information for the person you wanna nominate and just a quick little paragraph about why. Then the nominee is going to get the application and they know they're nominated. And then they sort of tell, here's what I've done and here's what I've been involved in. Because where we know people and we see them involved, we don't know all the specific details. So we let the actual nominee tell us that. Um, when those all come back in and we get a stack of them, we get a stack because it's, it's covering all three coastal counties. And we have one judge from each county that is, um, you know, we never say who that person is. They get everything. They score everything independently of each other. Comes back in, we compile the scores and the top 10 scores for each category are the folks that are the recipients. And uh, there's a breakfast where they're honored. That's going to be on April the 26th at the Beau Rivage. And a lot of folks in the community love to come to this event. Those folks, you know, we get to say their name, that's when they're officially announced to the community, and uh, really thank them for all they've done and to keep reinvesting into the community. So it's a, it's a big event, it's a very coast-wide event, and, um, you know, we, we logistically handle a lot of things for the event, but it's really something we enjoy working with the other chambers across the coast on as well. It's a great event, incidentally. Um, I've always enjoyed going because you get in, always get in, inspiration. And if you look back at this year's uh, list, so many incredible leaders. And I'm, I'm looking over the list, and the vast majority of them have been on COSIA. Uh, and I, as I mentioned to you on the, uh, off the air, a lot of the uh, top outstanding community leaders, I know many of them I've had on the show pr- prior the ones that I had not had on the show, we certainly either either have had them or we've reached out to them. And the top 10 
under 40. Uh, you know, a few of those I know, but a lot of them I did not know, like Aaron Rossetti and Caleb Olku of Olku Logistics. Um, and then Carrie Paul, a terrific conversation with Carrie, uh, who's done incredible work. She not only has her restaurant, but she also has a social media following that she has. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's just for, and Julian Rankin. I mean, what what a great leader he's been of the not just the Walter Anderson Museum, but the outreach that the Walter Anderson Museum has done around community building. I mean, the list goes on and on. What 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 are some good examples that you think about? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. You look at somebody like um, Sandy Comer East, who works at Gulfport High. You know, people know about the great work, the renovations they did, but Sandy is so key in working with those students, getting them out in the community um, at various businesses and various events so they have real-life experiences. I mean, Sandy's a great uh, example of somebody in education. Um, T. McCovey works over at the United Way in Jackson County, Jackson and George County. Um, you know, they've got their, all United Ways have their work cut out for them, certainly on on what they're doing. And, and T's a very inspirational leader um, who has been carrying that torch. You know, Luann Pappas, uh, certainly Luann and the stance that she's taken with COVID. And, and she's done a lot of other work in the community with various nonprofits. Mental health is one of the ones she's worked on. So, you know, just a, a great example also of a, a woman who's just taking charge and, and you know, kind of moving it forward. Um, you know, you mentioned some of the folks there in the under 40. You know, Erin Rossetti worked with our Coach Young Professionals and just really led that organization. And now she's working with Memorial Hospital. has got her hands full. I mean, absolutely the work they're doing there. So, you know, we just love that we're able to put a spotlight on people that, maybe are known in the community, but then others who um, have have just done that silent work kind of behind the scenes. It's really exciting. Yes, good. You know, I, I had, you know, if I, you know, I would have certainly drawn out the two uh, that you mentioned, T. McCovey, his work in Jackson County with United Way is really inspiring. And he, he's just an inspiring dude. You know, he, he has such positive energy and what he brings he has to electrify rooms when he's around. Just it just just his mindset. And in order to achieve success in life, you have to have a, a mindset similar to T's. And and I I couldn't say enough good things about Luann Pappas and her leadership of the Scarlet Pearl and what she's done in the community and the tough, as you pointed out, some tough stances, but it worked out really well for her. And what it sent is a message that Scarlet Pearl was very, very serious about maintaining as healthy uh, an environment as they possibly could in the midst of this pandemic. And she had the support of her owners. It's a unique scenario because they're privately owned company and uh, you know, she's in a position where she can she can take these stands and when she does to have an ownership group that supports her is, is really incredible. What's also neat about her leadership is that they continue to to do capital investments in their casino yeah. while all these things were going on. And uh, yeah, she's a friend and someone I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for. But, yeah, the list really goes on. Mike Davis has done great work. David Machado, what Machado Patano has done here in coastal Mississippi, the growth story that they tell. You know, I mean, it's it's truly remarkable. They're not just Mississippi work anymore. They're they're going way beyond that. And again, the list goes on. Bill Raymond, he's been around for so so long, and the work that he's done for historical aspects of uh, of Biloxi cannot be you you cannot overstate that. It's so so incredibly important. Ann Petrie and the work she's done over in Hancock County. Right. 
you know, I hate, I hate to not, I hate, I, I feel like I got to keep going. So I mentioned everybody's <laughs> name, but, the, but there, but the point is there's so many great examples and you know, what I would encourage someone to do is they know someone who's really made a, a dynamic contribution to coastal Mississippi, whether through building their business and their business doing amazing work or their own volunteer work, um, you know, go to the chamber website and, and, and do your homework on some of these people and, uh, you know, do the nomination form. It's not hard. They've really made it super easy before the way it used to be when it was at the sun Herald, the nominee and the person nominated had to sort of collaborate together to get the nomination. in. but now what we're trying to do is put the onus on the nominee and, and have, you know, the forms pretty easy to fill out and it's incredibly important and don't let someone say, I don't, I don't need the recognition. I don't want the recognition. Just remember the key thing we're trying to do here is hold people up as an example so that we can be, so they can be an example to others to want to give back to the community. It's those thousand points of light that I talk about all the time in coastal Mississippi that makes us so resilient. We have so many people who are willing to give back. So many of them you've never heard of before. And that's what makes this community so special. What, what other comments, would you make about that before we move on? Well, like I talked about, kind of looking back at the folks who've gotten the under 40 and then move on. And um, gosh, I didn't uh, know one of those. Jennifer Freyridge is one who's gotten the top under 40 uh, several years ago. She's with William Carey, and she did a lot of work during COVID of putting backpacks together and bags together to drop off at the hospitals and healthcare facilities, um, you know, for folks and things that they might need. And so Jennifer stepped up and moved into the uh, to the award of community leader. So seeing somebody who has continued to stick it out, not say, hey, I've done my work and I'm going to back out. I'm going to take care of myself now. Um, they're doing both. You know, they're doing all that. So and then, you know, you look at previous years, you've got folks like um, you know, community leaders, Laurie West with the Humane Society, Anthony Wilson with Mississippi Power, the work he did on the on the flag, the state flag, really pushed to help make that happen. And that was something that we just thought, I just thought would take years and years and years. And it did. But when we, when it was like, we're going to do this, I mean, it, it, it went, it move forward. So just some of those folks and uh, Carmelita Scott is very involved with the chamber and our diversity council and some of the things that she's done in the community. I mean, it's just, um, it's always just exciting and fun and really an honor for us to be able to say, you know, congratulations and thank you and keep up the good work. <laughs> a thousand points of light. So many people across this great community, the collection of communities that make it coast of Mississippi are giving back to their community and we can never have enough people who are willing to give back to the community. The more people we can inspire to give back, the more examples we can set for them to give back, the better this community is going to be. When we come back, we're going to talk about the upcoming Coast Chamber annual meeting and some key dates. The Coast, uh, we have a new new chairman that's going to be coming in, the Pat Santusi Award. We'll tell you, remind you what that is. We'll be, we'll be honored. And uh, and then we have one other major chamber event or, or is, uh, not issue, but uh, collaboration that we want to talk about as well. So we'll see you after this break. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. We have Adele Lyons from the Coast Chamber. This is the final segment of, of Coast View for today. And I just want to share that one of the one of the really cool events that I went to last year was the delayed annual meeting. Usually it's in February. It was in May last year. And man, it was extraordinarily well attended. I, I still think, you know, people were a little leery about shaking hands and some people had masks and, you know, they did what needed to be done to protect themselves, et cetera. But it was great to have people back together again. It was great to see uh, the Pat Santusi Award awarded. Actually, at that particular meeting, we was one coast a separate meeting or was it done then as well? It was separate. Yeah. Okay. So One Coast Awards was was also a terrific meeting. So come back to the Coast Chamber annual meeting. What is it you want to accomplish? You've already got nearly 500 people registered. That's incredible. Yeah, this is always a popular event. Um, it's our biggest gathering of our membership. And certainly if someone's not a member and they just want to kind of come and take a peek and see what the Coast Chamber is all about, because we do talk about our accomplishments from the previous year and, and what we're looking forward in the future. You know, we passed the gavel officially where Ron Barnes, CEO with Coast Electric, um, has finished up his year. And now we have Sam Sandoz with Hancock Whitney Bank, who's been on our board for a really long time, served as treasurer for a number of years, is moving into that leadership role. And then we're also excited, we'll officially announce, even though I'll say it today, um, our chair-elect coming for 2023 is Amber Olson who has both a business and a nonprofit and is really a go-getter in our community. And we always like to try to balance that where we have um, some larger companies represented, some smaller companies, some nonprofits represented. Uh, and we also give the Pat Santusi the Spirit of the Coast Award. And a little bit of the history on that is that Pat Santusi worked for Bell South and she was uh, a president of the chamber. And unfortunately, uh, she passed away pretty young and we um, changed the name of the award, the Spirit of the Coast Award, in her honor. And it's it's not something you can nominate anybody for, you know, similar to the One Coast. It's um, a group of past recipients that nominate the, the folks. And then there's a committee that makes that selection. And it's always, uh, we try to keep it as quiet and as possible so that nobody knows the recipient. Um, doesn't know. I've, I've been up at that podium and when we start talking about the recipient or uh, and when we announce their name, I see people, they're just uh, floored. They're shocked. They're so humbled uh, to receive the award. Um, last year's recipient was Angie Juzang with Memorial Hospital and Angie's done a lot of work in the community um, around diversity issues, certainly. Um, and so, you know, you got to come. You got to come on uh, February 1st to see who will be the recipient of this year's Pat Santusi Award, um, as well as just joining the festivities of celebrating the successes of 2021 and then as we look forward to 2020. Yeah, I've, I've worked with Ron Barnes in the community for so many years. What a terrific community example he is. And Sam Sandoz will be a terrific uh, president. And I'm really excited to hear also that, that Amber Olson's coming in as the, as the chair elect, you know, she has uh, she has a recruiting services company in South Mississippi and her daughter, youngest daughter, Willow has that terrible disease, MSD, a genetic disease. And she actually founded a national organization called the U United MSD foundation. And uh, you know, her story is incredibly 
incredibly inspiring and it's amazing that she takes the time to still do things like the chamber in spite of all of her challenges again if you want to find if you need to get something done find a busy person to do it and amber sort of defines that doesn't she right absolutely we're excited to have her move into that role um this year kind of she's on standby you know she's on deck um waiting for her turn to come in and learning and watching She's been involved with the chamber for a long time, and so we're excited about that. Sam, we've already hit the ground running, of course. Um, you know, the the role doesn't start at the annual meeting. We've certainly been working on that along the way, but Ron has been terrific. You know, I know Ron from when we are at Southern Miss together in um, various marketing classes, so it was exciting to work with him as well. Just such a gen gentleman and such um, a genuine guy. Yeah, and he has given so many. I, I have served on countless boards with him over a bunch, a bunch of years. And it's just been terrific to get to know him over all those years and to call him a friend. The Chamber Chevron Community Creative Collaborative, what is that? Well, is that cool or what? Um, we yeah. got a call from Chevron, who's one of our members, and they had done a similar program in Jackson County. And basically, they are working with a local uh, marketing and advertising agency, and they're offering Chamber members. Um, the first 30 that sign up, uh, five hours of professional marketing and advertising consultant, consultants with, um, with some folks. Anything from logo design to um, marketing strategy to social media, it's just their way of giving back to the business community in a very, very constructive way. Um, you know, that's not their expertise. So they said, we'll hire some experts. Any small business, any business that's a chamber member that wants to sign up for this, we've got 11 people right now, so there's still space. Um, you know, it's not something as the chamber staff, we really have the time or the energy or the expertise to be able to do. So it's so cool when we have these type of collaboratives, especially with larger companies, this shows their corporate um, culture and how much they care for the community y'all be back. Congratulations to Chevron for, for, for creating that, having success in Jackson County and coming back over to Harrison County to do the same yeah. program. That's terrific. Anyway, hey, it's been a pleasure, Adele. Good to see you. It's been good to see you, too. Great to catch up, and Happy New Year to you and your your board and the people who are involved in the Coast Chamber. When we, uh, you know, when we get back together again soon, hopefully you will have had a successful annual meeting. So have a great day. Yeah, hope to see you there. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.